Greetings, fellow travelers, vagrants, explorers, wildlanders, and welcome to episode 28 of the Retro Wildlands. My name is Nomad, and this is my gaming podcast where I like to share my thoughts and experiences with a video game that I've discovered or rediscovered while roaming the gaming wildlands. Thank you very much for tuning in to the show today. I am really glad to have you with us on our Wildlands expedition. We're going to be trying something a little different today here on the show, so go ahead and find yourself a seat by the campfire and take a load off. Our canine expedition leader, DD, will be around to check in with his usual round of obligatory sniffing. Speaking of DD, he has been feeling pretty dapper lately. He's been strutting around with his head held a little higher, his walk a little bit more measured. Might be the black little bow tie that he's sporting today. He is pretty excited for the game that we're going to be talking about today, and made sure that everything we needed to make a wide variety of martinis is available for us today. We have everything we need to make whatever fits your fancy. Just ask Didi. Don't worry about the fact that he doesn't have any thumbs, though. If you're looking for a dry martini, French martini, dirty martini, or my personal favorite, the Vesper martini, just give him a little nod and he'll get you fixed right up. One thing to keep in mind, though, for today only, all martinis are going to be shaken, not stirred. House rules. On today's episode, we're going to be straying away from the usual episode formula. In honor of GoldenEye 007 being made available on the Xbox through Game Pass and on the Nintendo Switch through Nintendo Online, I wanted to dedicate an episode to the game as a whole. Of all the games out there when I was little, GoldenEye was one that I never had a real chance to play. I know, that sounds completely unbelievable, but it is true. I've watched it played, and I have vague memories of playing the first and a little bit of the second levels of the game briefly, but as a game experience overall, I missed it. I completely missed out on GoldenEye. I missed playing through the game's story missions, trying to beat them in a certain amount of time to unlock cheats, and I missed playing split-screen multiplayer with my friends until 4 in the morning. I just never had a Nintendo 64 growing up, and I had maybe one, possibly two friends that ever had it, and even still, I never got a chance to play. So when GoldenEye was released on the Xbox and the Switch, it was a no-brainer for me. The time had come for me to finally play through this game and share with you all my experience with it some 25 years after its launch. But I ran into a problem. This past week, I wasn't able to put as much time as I was hoping for into the game. If I'm going to make an episode on a game for the podcast that I've never played before, I usually like to finish the game through, if I can, in order to give you all a solid rehashing of my adventures. While I've made considerable progress on the game itself, I've not finished it to the point where I'm content enough to start writing a show on it. I also like taking the time to read up on a game that I'm covering, just so I have a solid understanding of it and its development if possible, and I've only just scratched the surface with this game. This week had already been a busy one for me already, and I made the decision to cover GoldenEye pretty last minute. So all that to say, I am not ready to make my full-blown episode yet. 
So, what's a nomad to do? I could delay the episode a week, but I really, really did want to. I delayed an episode of the show once already, back on episode 22, when I talked about Resident Evil 3, and while everyone who reached out to me was very, very supportive, I still felt like kind of an ass. I don't want you all to miss an episode this week, so I started to think of some alternatives. That's when it hit me. I've been thinking about the idea of making smaller episodes that could potentially be slotted in between some of the bigger games. They could be things like topical pieces, top 10 lists, ranking episodes, something similar, you know, things like that. Not only would these potentially be less work on my part to produce, it would ensure you have something to listen to every week and give me more time to play through a game I've never played in order to make an episode of the show that I am proud of. So yeah, today is going to be a test and see if this is something that you guys like or if it's a complete waste of yours and mine's time. So let's give this thing a whirl and see what happens. So today on the Retro Wildlands, we are going to be counting down my top 10 weapons and gadgets from GoldenEye 007. I thought this would be a fun topic to mess around with, and everybody likes a good old-fashioned top 10 list, right? Now, there's going to be some rules around the making of my list, but I'll get into those more in the show itself. Just know that this is my top 10 list. I'm sure you're probably going to have your own top 10 list in your own mind. I can almost guarantee you my order won't jive with everyone's, and I'm sure I'm going to leave out something most people think I should have had on the list, but these are just my opinions based on my personal tastes and my experiences with the weapons and gadgets up to this point in the game. One more thing I wanted to do in order to spice up the show is I reached out to the Retro Wildlands community on several of our social media platforms and I asked people to tell me what their favorite weapon or gadget was and I'd feature their comments on the show today. I have to say, I was pretty impressed that I got as many responses back as I did since I just decided to do this idea on a whim, so right off the bat, thank you to everybody who submitted a comment on this topic. I was convinced no one would give a shit, but you all stepped up to help me out, and I really, really appreciate it. Now, I didn't wait too long after I posted my call out for comments to record this episode since it was so close to my publishing deadline. I'm actually recording this episode at 11.41pm on Wednesday night, so if you submit a comment after this and I missed it, please accept my apologies. If you all like how this episode turns out, I'll absolutely do more of these and give more people time to participate. And speaking of which, please reach out to me on our social media platforms and give me your feedback on this episode. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. All you have to do is search Retro Wildlands and you should find us. Whether you liked the show or you hated it, I really would like to hear what you think. Alright, I think that pretty much covers the setup for this week. This should be fun. We're trying something new, and we're talking about a game that I think is near and dear to most of you gamers listening. So all that said, if you're new to the podcast, and this is your very first episode, this is usually the time in the show I take a few minutes to give everyone a peek behind the scenes here in the Retro Wildlands, 
and have just a small shop talk session with everyone. But this week, I'm going to skip that in favor of a more focused episode. So without further delay, let's start getting into this thing. When I think of James Bond, I think of a dashing, suave, debonair, secret agent with looks that can melt a woman's heart and a license to kill. While James Bond can certainly talk his way out of a situation with a grace and cunning few men possess, a lot of his success is dependent on the tools that he has at his disposal. These can be special-issue firearms, weapons found on mission sites, or gadgets made specifically for him to circumvent many unique situations. The weapon that Bond may be most known for is his Walther PP7 handgun with silencer, but there's many, many more tools at his disposal. There was the 007 spy camera from Moonraker, the explosive toothpaste from License to Kill, the jetpack from Thunderball, the cigarette rocket launcher from You Only Live Twice, and so on. Using weapons and gadgets effectively are what make Bond a formidable agent and is a big reason he tends to live so he can die another day. But when it comes to GoldenEye 007 the video game, what are the best tools on offer? Well, I say we count them down. So gear up, Wildlanders. Our canine expedition leaders, Dee Dee and Dexter, have brought out several supply crates. Let's crack them open and have our hand at some of the equipment that we'll be using today. Grab your favorite silenced weapon, your preferred gadget, and don't forget to grab a martini. Let's count down my top 10 favorite weapons and gadgets from GoldenEye 007. Welcome to the first Top 10 Countdown here in the Retro Wildlands. Today we're going to be counting down my favorite weapons and gadgets in GoldenEye 007. Now, quick setup before we begin. First of all, these are just my opinions. I'm sure you may have your own list, and I'm sure some of my choices and order will probably make you scratch your head. I mean, I've only been playing this game for a short amount of time, and I'm sure some of you have been playing this game since the cradle. Hopefully I can make a good argument as to why I ranked what I did, where I ranked it, but if your list and mine are different, that's okay. Opinions are awesome because we can all have our own. Second, I'm grading each item on a few things. Usefulness in-game, overall feel, and fun factor and not necessarily in that order. And third, if a weapon doesn't make this list, it's more than likely because I haven't used it yet, or I haven't used it enough to form an opinion. 
That's primarily going to be multiplayer-only weapons, or weapons that you can only get using cheats. I think veterans of the game can agree that the Golden PP7 is the best in the history of forever, but I excluded it from this list since I've never used it personally and I can't really speak to it. And lastly, there were a few of you out in the community that reached out to me with your favorites, so I'll be sprinkling in your comments as we go. Does that all make sense? Good! Now before we get to the list proper, I did have a couple honorable mentions I wanted to sneak in before the top 10. First up, we have the DD44 Dostovi. Pretty sure I just butchered the hell out of that name. It's the silver handgun that I usually found in the hands of some of the enemy officers that you come across in the game. Now, while I like this gun, it didn't quite crack the top 10 for me, but it was pretty damn close. From what I could tell, the DD-44 seems to be about as powerful as your standard issue PP-7, but it is not nearly as accurate. It sounds pretty powerful, too. Here, take a quick listen. <laughs> sounds tasty. But again, it only seems as powerful as your tiny PP-7, so while it had a great presentation, it didn't really stand out as a must-have weapon, so it just missed the mark for me. Next, while it's not a handheld weapon or a handheld gadget, I have to mention the tank. You can hop aboard a tank in the St. Petersburg level, but you could also get your hands on a tank in the runway level if you search around the corner of the big building that you start off in. The tank is pretty beefy, and you'll take reduced damage while you're in it. The main cannon fires grenade rounds out at an arc and will explode on contact. But probably the best thing that you could do is just use your tank to run over any enemy stupid enough to get in your way. And I'm not gonna lie, it is pretty damn satisfying. <laughs> See what I mean? For me though, even on the Xbox, the tank was kinda hard to control, so I can only imagine how it controlled on the Nintendo 64. All in all, it's very fun to use, but it didn't quite crack the top 10 for me. Next up for honorable mentions is the Moonraker laser. Now, I've not personally had a chance to use this weapon yet, but I didn't want to leave it off the list completely for all the love that it gets. It's basically a laser that has damage pretty comparable to the Cougar Magnum handgun, but the Moonraker has an incredibly high rate of fire, does not require any ammunition to fire, and thus never needs reloading. It sounds like a pretty powerful tool that can lay waste to just about everything moving around. I believe it's in the Aztec level, and you can unlock it with the right cheats, but again, I haven't gotten my hands on this one yet. Still, this one sounds delightfully fun, and I'm very eager to give it a go, and because there's so much love for it, I definitely wanted to make sure that we mention the Moonraker laser. And last, as far as honorable mentions go, I wanted to give a shout-out to the Clob. Now, I know what you're thinking. Most GoldenEye veterans agree that this gun is not good. In fact, Lindsay over on our Facebook page has an 11-year-old who wanted to chime in and tell me that the Clob is overrated. And that might be very true. 
But I have to admit, the Clob is my guilty pleasure weapon. Just hear me out really quick. So, the Clob is a submachine gun that fires fully automatic. Damage output is pretty low, if not the lowest of all the firearms save the shotgun at long range. It only has a 20 round magazine, so you're going to run out of ammo pretty often, so be prepared to hear this sound a lot. On top of that, its accuracy is pretty so-so, and it has an underwhelming rate of fire. But, I think it is pretty fun to use if you have a chance to dual-wield it. While there are certainly better options to use, clearing out a room with a pair of these noisy guns is very satisfying to me. All that said though, the clob does suck pretty hard. I found out that there was a Facebook group that someone made to honor how much people hated this gun, so the community has certainly spoken. But still, give the dual-wielding clobs a chance. If nothing else, you might get a chuckle out of it. Alright, those were my honorable mentions. So enough screwing around, it is time to get into the countdown. Number 10 My number 10 favorite weapon in GoldenEye 007 is the Proximity Mine. Now, I sort of broke an unwritten rule by including this weapon since I've never personally used it, but there's a lot of love for this item and I know I'd have a great time with it. I originally thought that they were only available in multiplayer, but a wiki article says that they're available in the Depot level. I personally didn't notice or come across any proximity mines myself in this level, but maybe the wiki article is true. Someone out there is just going to have to let me know if that's the truth. Now, proximity mines are pretty much like the name implies. When you throw them outwards, they'll get stuck to whatever object or surface they touch. After a short delay, they'll arm themselves. If someone just happens to get a little too close, bam, kiss your ass goodbye. I have always been a fan of proximity mines and explosives in general in most of the games that I play, so these right here just seem like a logical match for me. I have to imagine a multiplayer match using proximity mines has to be a fucking blast, and pun was certainly intended there. It's one thing to just leave a bunch lying around, but it's another to potentially lead someone into one. That's what Chris over on our Facebook page said. They're so deadly when used skillfully, you could lead someone on a chase right into a well-placed trap. You know, that does sound a lot like you, Chris. For those of you listening, Chris and I grew up together, and we used to play board games here and there. We used to play this one board game called Stratego, and you can kill off your opponent's troops by tricking them into attacking these bombs that could be hidden on the game board. Don't think I've forgotten how many times you've done this to me, Chris. If we ever play Goldeneye together, you bet your ass I'm going to get my revenge by baiting you into a proximity mine. Believe that. Number 9 My number 9 favoritest weapon in Goldeneye 007 are the throwing knives. Fun fact about me, I kind of love knives. Not just in video games, but in real life. I always carry some sort of knife on me 95% of the time, and there's just something about them that fascinates me. 
But more than that, I love throwing knives in real life. While I never received any formal training, there was a point that I could get a knife to stick if I threw it at a wall or a wooden board 8 out of 10 times from decent distances, and I'm talking 12 to 15 feet. I love it when the blade sticks and you hear that shunk sound. About a month ago, I went axe throwing for the first time and it was just as fun. So imagine my excitement when I found out throwing knives were available in GoldenEye. I used to play Call of Duty pretty often, especially when the original Modern Warfare 2 and Black Ops were a thing. When I played Black Ops, I became obsessed with the tomahawk that you threw. If you could line up a perfect shot, it was an instant kill. I was never great at Call of Duty, but man, I was pretty okay with the tomahawk. Now in GoldenEye, the throwing knife works somewhat close to these tomahawks from Call of Duty Black Ops. When you throw one, it will fly straight out in front of you, but it will fly at a slight arc. You can aim up or down to impact your overall distance. The throwing knives deal some pretty awesome damage. Now in my experience, if I could hit center mass or hit the head, the enemy was going down in one hit most of the time. Sometimes you did have to follow up with another throw, but that didn't happen to me too terribly often. These knives are fantastic for maintaining your stealth on a mission. Instead of using a firearm, chuck a knife right at your enemy at a distance. Watching the blade fly and hearing that shunk sound when it makes impact is just so satisfying. Plus, your throwing knives are retrievable so you can reuse them. They do take a decent amount of practice to get used to and get good with, but I argue that it is time well spent. You're certainly going to want to build your skill up with them if you decide to take on your enemies in multiplayer. Lindsay over on our Facebook page called out throwing knives when she said, The only round of multiplayer I won was throwing knives, lol. So maybe that should be my choice. That is pretty damn impressive to me, Lindsay, and I have to say, any victory won with throwing knives is a victory that is earned. So well done. You have got some skill, and certainly you've got some great taste. Number 8 this next one is a gun that I didn't spend too much time with, but what time I did spend, I absolutely enjoyed. I'm talking about the ZMG submachine gun. This gun is more or less your standard issue Uzi machine gun, but in Goldeneye, it feels like so much more. With a 32 round magazine and a pretty intense rate of fire, this weapon is pretty reliable. I only ever came across this one very late in the game, but it quickly became a weapon that I would use often, especially if I was able to dual wield them. What really made this weapon for me was how it sounded. It takes about 3 to 4 seconds to empty a magazine, and it just feels wonderful. The ZMG seemed to be pretty accurate to me as well, and when I was dual wielding them, I felt as though I was pretty efficient when it came to killing the enemy. Chris on our Facebook page seemed to feel the same way when he said, For Solo, it was maybe the dual ZMGs, when he spoke to me about his favorite weapons. The ZMGs aren't amazing, and they aren't all that game-changing, at least in my opinion, 
but all in all, they just feel really good to use. And I think that's really all I have to say about this one. Number 7 One of the best things about Goldeneye is the ability to move around stealthily if you just take your time and pick your shots. And for me, I've always loved stealth games where I can pick off enemies and stay in the shadows, especially if I can do that from a distance. That's why my number 7 is the Sniper Rifle. Right off the bat, the biggest advantage the Sniper Rifle has over other weapons, obviously, is its range. When you aim with this weapon, the screen zooms in pretty far, and you can adjust the zoom as well. If I'm not mistaken, this is the only weapon with an adjustable zoom feature. Not only is this great for long-range sniping, the game treats it with an element of realism. Basically, the more you zoom in, the more the screen will sway, simulating Bond's natural hand tremor. Another interesting feature is that if you have the sniper rifle in your possession, your barehanded attack will be replaced by the sniper rifle stock so you can beat the shit out of enemy soldiers with it. Now, I never really used unarmed combat much, but it is a nice touch. For me, when using the sniper rifle, I love zooming in on an enemy, lining up that perfect headshot, and slowly squeezing the trigger. It was incredibly fun to use. Not only that, the sniper rifle is pretty useful at medium and even short range if you can line up a shot. Just be careful because the game will not let you auto-aim when you fire this weapon from the hip. Chris on our Facebook page also sounded off about the sniper rifle and said, The sniper rifle was really fun in this game too. And you're absolutely right, my friend. Any secret agent needs a good long-distance killing instrument, and the sniper rifle is just what the doctor ordered. Number 6 James Bond, for me, will always be well-known for his gadgets. Across several of the movies, Bond has had a few watches he's worn that can do some pretty awesome things. One of my favorites has always been the circular saw that the bezel of his watch turns into in Live and Let Die. But there's just something about the watch laser that I find fascinating, and that's why it's at number 6 for me. The watch laser, or the laser watch, whichever order you want to put those words in, was featured in the Bond movie Never Say Never Again, and in the movie Goldeneye. In the game, you can use the laser watch on the train level. Just like in the movie, you need to cut away a hatch in the floor using the laser. And while I never had the opportunity myself, I've read that you can use the laser watch as a weapon. It fires pretty fast, even though it has a pretty short range. And I also read that one blast of this laser is about as strong as the Moonraker laser. Now, I would love to find a way to use this gadget on an actual enemy. I think that would be pretty fun. But for me, it's not the idea of the laser watch being used as a weapon that makes me like it so much. There's just something about a fancy watch having so many uses like this that just screams super spy and suave secret agent to me. 
I didn't do it often, but I love to pretend that I was a spy when I was a kid, and that everything on me was a tool that I could use to steal the secret launch codes or decode the bad guy's computer. The watch laser is just a really cool gadget, and I think that's a good enough reason to slot it in at number 6. Lindsay from our Facebook page has a couple of nerd children that really like the laser watch, and you know what? Those kids know exactly what's up, so good for them. Number 5 It was at this point that the list got a little hard for me, but one thing was for sure. I had some fun putting this list together, and the weapon that I chose for my number 5 was a blast to use. I am talking about the Silenced D5K. This submachine gun only popped up in the frigate level, which is the level that you have to go around a ship at sea and rescue several hostages being held at gunpoint while disarming several bombs. It was in this level that I really got a bearing on how the guards in each of the levels actually pick up the noise of your gunfire. When you fire a gun, the first shot doesn't have a wide sound radius around you. Obviously, guns without silencers will have their sound travel farther, but a gun with a silencer keeps a smaller noise profile. Now, if you shoot your gun again without too much time in between, that sound radius will expand. If a guard hears it, they'll come to investigate. Now, if you take a shot, wait a moment, then shoot again, that noise profile will stay small, and the chances that enemies will come running are actually reduced to almost nothing. This is how the game rewards players for actually taking their time and picking their shots. It was with the Silence D5K that I finally figured this out. It was an absolute blast just moving slowly from room to room on that ship, connecting headshot after headshot, while the enemies just stood there, looking around, waiting for me to decorate the walls of the ship with their brain matter. I know the developers of this game really wanted to make the player feel like Bond, and it was the frigate level that really did it for me. And if I did face down several enemies, taking them out with automatic silenced gunfire just sounded completely badass. <laughs> see what I mean? Number 4 While I know this next weapon is probably higher on some people's personal top 10 lists, I think the Golden Gun fits perfectly right here in the number 4 spot. The Golden Gun is THE Golden Eye weapon. It was featured in the Bond movie The Man with the Golden Gun, and it's most well known for its sheer firepower. According to the movie, this gun is assembled using a pen, which acts as the barrel, which screws into a cigarette lighter, which acts as the firing chamber, a cigarette case, which acts as the handle, and a cufflink, which acts as the trigger. In the movie and in the game, the golden gun is limited to just one bullet. I think most people that are familiar with this weapon know its power. One shot with the golden gun is enough to kill any enemy straight away. This weapon isn't available in the regular game except in the Egyptian level, but you can unlock it by unlocking the right cheats. While I haven't personally used the golden gun myself yet, 
it's a weapon that's pretty well known and deserves the recognition. At its core, it is a fantastic weapon. While the weapon will kill anything in one shot, it does fire slowly and has to reload after every shot. You have to make sure that you're going to hit your target before you pull the trigger. Reloading doesn't take long between shots, but that few seconds can mean the difference between you taking another shot or dying due to your inaccuracy. I've heard stories from friends about using the golden gun in multiplayer matches. There's one game mode in multiplayer that specifically revolves around the weapon called the man with the golden gun, and I think there's only one golden gun in play that players have to fight over and get kills with in order to win the game. It's a fantastic weapon that everybody wants to use. Anytime you can get your hands on a one-hit kill weapon in any game, you can just feel the tide shift and the planets aligning. You feel powerful holding it, and you're eager to test that power on your enemy. In most cases, the enemy being your little brother or your sister, I'd bet. When Uncle330 over on our Instagram page chimed in, he made it clear what his favorite weapon was. Golden Gun, hands down. I think you and most people out there share the same feelings about this amazing weapon. Number 3 So what can possibly be better than a gun that can kill anything in one hit? Well, for me, I love me a weapon with a high-capacity magazine, decent damage output, bullet penetration, and just sounds like a lion's roar. The weapon for me that checks all those boxes is the RCP-90. I've also seen this weapon affectionately called the staple gun, and that's for good reason. It looks and sounds like an oversized staple gun, but this weapon has a little more elegance than some construction tool. The P90 sports the highest capacity magazine, holding a whopping 80 rounds. The fire rate on this beast is actually on the slower side, though. I clocked the weapon at about 9 seconds to empty its 80-round magazine. And while I think most people tend to prefer a weapon with a higher fire rate, I actually love that this weapon doesn't just blow its load in 3 seconds flat. It allows for some thorough enemy cleanup, and ammo isn't wasted as much pumping bullets into an enemy that is already dead. It's especially useful and fun to use if you're able to dual-wield them. The P90 only appears in two or maybe three missions, so if you do get your hands on it, be sure to savor it, especially if you get your hands on it in the cavern level. I remember getting the P90 later in the level, but ammo for this thing is very plentiful, so be sure to put some rounds through it to understand my love for this weapon. More than anything, though, I love how this gun sounds. While it's easy to compare it to the sound of a staple gun, it almost sounds like a minigun after it's spun up. Oh, and I forgot to mention the bullet penetration piece that I touched on earlier. Not all weapons have the ability to penetrate surfaces, but the P90 does. The thing I used it for was perforating a bunch of holes into doors before I opened them. I absolutely loved opening a door and looking down to see a dead body or two slumped on the ground afterwards. Now, I'm sure James Bond himself probably prefers a subtler approach, but when the mission is on the line and you need to make short work of the opposition, 
the P90 just feels like the right tool for the job. Number 2 In games with firearms in general, I tend to favor two types. I enjoy using handguns, and I enjoy using assault rifles. For my number two slot, I have to fill it with the AR-33 assault rifle. This weapon is almost the complete package. The AR-33 doesn't appear until the later levels, but when you do find it, it is a force to be reckoned with. And if I recall correctly, I was able to dual wield the AR-33 in two separate levels. It has a solid firing rate and damage output, but what I love most about this weapon is the increased zoom that you get when you manually aim. The rifle is already pretty accurate firing from the hip, but it takes some talent to actually miss your target if you're using the aiming reticle. Not only that, but this weapon penetrates objects as well. Oh, and the best part? The muzzle flashes when you fire it. I know, isn't that awesome? Now I know that is nothing fantastic nowadays, but holding down the trigger and seeing your muzzle light up as you're throwing 30 rounds down range at the enemy is just so goddamn satisfying. While GoldenEye as a game rewards players for taking their time in some spots by picking off enemies one by one without alerting all the others, there are times when stealth isn't really an option and you need to just make your way to the objective especially if you're trying to speedrun the level in order to unlock some cheats. In that case, the AR-33 is the perfect choice. While I go back and forth between this and the P90 when it comes to overall versatility, I just personally love me a good old-fashioned assault rifle. I'm sure this weapon is a fantastic one to use in multiplayer as well. The only thing that I can think of that might not be as useful about this gun in multiplayer specifically is that zoom feature, since I have to imagine that enemy player characters moving around are going to be doing so a little bit more erratically than computer-controlled ones. But even despite this, the AR-33 is a well-rounded weapon with fantastic stopping power. Anytime I would pick up this weapon, I would switch to it without hesitation. However. There is only one more gun that I hold on a higher pedestal than this. Number one. When I reached out to the Retro Wildlands community, I was very humbled to get as many responses as I did in such a short amount of time. Chris, Lindsay, and her kiddos over on Facebook, Uncle330 on Instagram, and we even had RobKey90 or RobKY90 on Instagram write in and say his favorite weapon would have been the GoldenEye satellite laser itself if it was a weapon in the game. That would have been a pretty cool addition if it was usable in this game now that I think about it. An orbital bombardment killing just about everything in the level. But seriously, you all, I really appreciate all the comments. You guys fucking rock. But as I was reading through all the comments that I received, I started to wonder if someone might guess my number one pick. And lo and behold, someone did. The Inner Demons Ghost Rider Podcast reached out to me on Twitter and not only nailed the weapon that I had in my number one slot, their reasoning was pretty on par with my own. If you haven't guessed it on your own, 
The weapon that I'm talking about is the silenced PP7 handgun. Yes, your starting handgun is my number one pick for favorite weapon slash gadget in GoldenEye 007. The reason? I'll let Inner Demons explain. They say, It's a boring answer, but I try to keep using the PP7 or silenced PP7 for literally as long as I can till I run out of ammo. It feels the most Bond-esque, rather than running around with dual RC P90s. Also, I judo chop suckas left and right. (laughs) That's exactly what it is for me, Inner Demons. GoldenEye absolutely encourages you to be James Bond, and gives you every tool to accomplish that task. The biggest one being that silenced PP7. While I argue that there are plenty of other weapons at your disposal that are much more powerful and potentially more versatile, nothing is more fitting and nothing is more fun to use than the silenced PP7. Once you realize how the game does noise detection, you can just walk through a level and pop enemies one at a time without raising any alarms or suspicions. Just a quick shot to the head, and your enemy goes down. You straighten your tie in case it got crooked during the exchange, and then you move on to your objective. There is no other weapon in this game that solidifies what it means to be James Bond. In the game itself, I would find myself using this weapon until I ran out of ammo for it as well. Even if I was in a firefight with multiple enemies, it really only takes two, maybe three shots to center mass to take most enemies out. And it might just be me, but I felt like the auto-aim with the PP7 was pretty spot-on more often than it wasn't. And while the magazine capacity is only seven rounds, the stopping power of the PP7 more than makes up for the second or two spent reloading. There's an unsilenced version of the PP7 that Inner Demons mentioned, which is fine and all, but nothing tops the silenced PP7 for me. Whenever I would traverse a level with my silenced pistol, and I started to whack bad guys one by one on my way to a mission objective, I genuinely had a smirk on my face. I felt cool as a cucumber as I walked the halls of a place that I wasn't supposed to be in while a banger of a soundtrack played in my ears. One by one, my enemies fell, even before they knew I was there. And before long, the mission would be accomplished and I wouldn't have even broken a sweat. There are plenty of better performing weapons in GoldenEye 007, but for me, Nothing makes me feel more like James Bond himself than his signature, Walther PP7. That's going to do it for episode 28 of the Retro Wildlands, my personal top 10 weapons and gadgets of GoldenEye 007. If you've made it this far, thank you very much for listening to the show today. It was an absolute pleasure having you here. 
I'm sure I don't have to reiterate this point, but this list is my own personal list. Like I mentioned previously, I've only just played this game for the very first time this past week, and I'm going off that short amount of time when making my picks. I'm sure as I play more, my list may change a little, and I'm sure your own personal list may be different, but that's the cool thing about our hobby and our opinions. They don't always have to be the same. But I am genuinely curious about what you thought about my order. Is there something that you changed? Maybe there's something that you would add to the list that I didn't? Feel free to reach out to me on social media and let me know. I'm still learning a ton about this game and would love to chat with some people about it. And as far as the show format itself, this was a first for me, so let me know what you thought. If you liked the top 10 format and want to hear me pump more of these out, just let me know. If you absolutely hated it and think I should do something else, let me know that too. Seriously, you will not make me upset if you come at me and tell me that you don't like the show, and especially give me your reasons why. I want this show to grow and evolve, and I need your help with that. All in all, I just wanted to give you all something to listen to this week since I'm running behind on my main GoldenEye episode, so this was more or less an experiment for me. You're the one listening to the show, so I absolutely value your feedback. So on that note, if you do like the show and want to show the show some support, please consider leaving us a good review on your podcasting platform if it allows you to do so. Good reviews will help circulate the podcast around and make us visible in more searches and potentially reach new people. And please consider spreading the word about the podcast to your family, friends, and social circles if you aren't embarrassed to say that this podcast is one that you actually like listening to. You can also connect with us over on social media, too. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube if you search at Retro Wildlands. As we keep making more content, I want to keep involving more people in episodes by reading comments like I did today. You can absolutely get in on that by following us on social. Those of you that have left me comments about your GoldenEye 007 multiplayer memories and experiences, I do have those comments compiled, and I'll be working those into the show next week. For anyone who wants to get in on that now and hasn't already, join up with us on social and either respond to those particular posts I made calling out for those comments on multiplayer experiences, or feel free to message me directly. So, what's coming up next week? Well, I owe you all an actual GoldenEye episode, so that'll be coming up next. I'm about finished with the game to a point where I think I've seen enough to make an episode on it. I just need to put all of my thoughts to paper and write out the episode that I have in mind. I'm slowly gathering up things like music and sound effects from the game, so it's going to be a pretty good one once I put it all together for you. Other than that, I'll be popping in and out of social media, so you can catch me over there in the meantime. There's lots going on in the Wildlands, and I'm excited to keep making more content for you all. Be sure to check out our growing archive of episodes if you're looking for more games to hear me talk about, and stop by next week as we continue our expedition into the gaming wilderness. And don't forget, you always have a place here on our expedition, so I'm hoping we see you again next week. Until then, my friends, my name is Nomad, and you can find me roaming the retro wildlands. <laughs>